Hello and welcome to episode 116 of The Call Room. As you can hear, we're just cleaning things up around The Call Room after a big New Year's Eve. I hope that all of you had a great time on New Year's Eve and went out and supported uh, your local craft beer bars and breweries. And um, we're having a little year in review episode tonight. It goes for a fair while and we're going to be talking to a whole lot of our regular Cool Room attendees about their favourite beers and episodes of The Cool Room from through the year. Uh, So if you were new to The Cool Room podcast, there's all sorts of opportunities to delve back into the archives and revisit the beers and breweries that we're going to be talking about tonight. Uh, So it might be a good little sample episode for you to get into. Uh, and check out our Shopify, which you can find by going to Cool Room Shopify in Google, uh, because many of the beers that we're discussing are still available in our online shop, and that way we can deliver them out to you, and you can sip them while you're listening to the brewers discussing them, which is the whole idea behind the podcast in the first place. Uh, So, lots of happy memories tonight. We hope that you enjoy them, and we hope that you'll be joining us uh, for some of our live online events in January. Uh, Check out our Facebook page and our Instagram for more details about those, and uh, come along and enjoy them with us. Okay, on with the show. Ah, the actual James Murphy, as I believe your Twitter handle is. Um, mate, you've been, a, you've been a very staunch supporter of Matters Coolroom. We've got a few questions to run you through, so we're, we're looking forward to hearing your, um, your memories. I might hand over to Travis and let him kick off with the first couple of questions. Hey, James. Hey, David. How are we? Very well. How about you? Very well, always. Um, this is a nice, different way of doing things. This is this is kind of cool. Where uh, we're starting with the audience participation tonight. So uh, you've already had a look over the questions, but I'm going to ask them anyway. How's that sound? Perfect. Just love putting you on the spot, buddy. <laughs> so let's kick it off. What was your favourite call room guest for the year? I've had a bit of a think about this. It's been a pretty solid year. It's pretty tough to to pick him out, but. I would say, just looking through the list, probably um, White Bay were great. It was great to see Burnley as well, particularly around October. That was a family affair too, which was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're, they're a bunch. Um, yeah, but really good to sort of get to know some of those geezers a bit better. Yes. Yeah, uh, and I agree with you on, on White Bay. They were sort of a standout for me as well. I think uh, when I had to think about it, that was where my brain went. Um, do you have a favourite cool room beer? Um, again, we've we've tried so many various styles. Um, I'm just struggling to pin down what would be a favourite. I, I think uh, some of the white bay stuff definitely thoroughly enjoyed pretty much everything they put up. But I can't remember the name of it. You'll remember, but there was a weird um, like. <laughs> heritage style beer that Burnley made that I would say was probably the one one of the most Lichtenhaler maybe? Yeah the Lichten Lichtenheiner. Yeah. Sort of yes. the dark sour, I guess, yep. would be one way of just peculiar and so individual and it was just really a great philosophy of making something from an ancient recipe and, you know, putting it out there. So um I don't know if that was my favourite, but it was certainly iconic of the year, I think. Yes, I think what made that stand out for everyone, I think, was just we'd never really had anything like it on before. It was so unique. And um, 
yeah, hopefully they uh, they brew it again, the guys at Burnley, and we can get our hands on some uh, next Oktoberfest. Oh, now, I love this question, and then I might throw over to Warren or David to ask the next few. What was the first venue you went to when we came out of lockdown? The last um, lockdown, not the previous five. Um, I think the same answer applies to all of them, though. It's usually Miss Moses on Sydney Road. That's pretty near me, and um, people, I can see Jane nodding. And Jacob, I think as well, everyone knows that I gravitate towards there whenever the opportunity arises. This this question for other people in the room tonight that are, that are going to want to be involved, I think it's a really cool question because it shows how broad we've come as a cool room community. Uh, we're from all over the place, uh, not just um, the western suburbs of Melbourne, which is very cool. Um, David, do you want to take over for question four and five? And then maybe Warren can take over from question six and seven. I'm most happy to do that, Travis, not the least because Warren is looking very worried about as he looks into his screen there. And if, you know, he's half cooking dinner, I suspect. It's quite early by Warren's standards, so I'm very happy to ask the next couple. And um, the next one is not a, not a cool room question per se. It's just like, you know, favourite beers anywhere, anytime from, that you've had this year. You know, is there something non-cool room that you've particularly enjoyed and that you'd like to give a bit of a shout-out to? Uh, again, super tricky. I mean, the cool room's broadened my horizon so much. I mean, I used to be a meat and potatoes kind of guy, but now I drink sours, can you believe? But anyway, um, the um, I, I guess thinking about things that I've really enjoyed, I, I think uh, a lot of the stuff Ranger producing put a smile on my dial and also the mill I've really enjoyed. I like the venue, I like the people, I like the, the stuff they're doing as well. So I think those are probably things I gravitate towards outside the cool room. Yeah, I think the mill, I'm making little notes tonight as, you know, people we might be looking to get on in 2022. I feel like the mill is one I've written down before, but I'm going to write it down now as we speak, just so that they're on our, on our list for certain in 2022, should they wish to be part of it. We, we yeah. also got a bit of a, a drop of some interesting stuff. I think it was this year, like uh, some of the Canadian brewers um, got on our radar as well, like um, Collective Arts and some others from from Vancouver that we haven't seen before and um, a lot of the the bigger craft from the UK like Cloudwater we've we've seen a lot of as well which you know doesn't turn up super fresh but it's pretty delicious stuff uh, the other one that I have to you know this makes great radio but any favorite beer labels that have stuck out for you during the year it's um something we often talk about on the podcast I'm just interested to um See if any of those had stuck with you particularly. Yeah, it, it was one of the uh, – we had a bit of a chat on the, the Facebook page during the week about this, and I have to concur with – I think it was Mickey who put it up. It was the Ale Farm one with the fern fronds, just so striking and and really related to the foraging that they were doing to add a bit of juice to the beer, and, and that was a great beer too. So that was from one of the blind tasting packs. That was a yeah. bit of a standout. It's a great nomination. It's um, well worth going back into the archives to listen to the episode that we did with our farm in 2020 uh, where we hear a bit of their philosophy about design. And um, I remember that beer very fondly because I did a Christmas, uh, not Christmas, a birthday event with someone where we did some fun little games where that beer was foiled up and I got people to sort of 
come up with their own beer name and or draw the label. And it was amazing how, how close some people had got in terms of sort of light and dark or shadows in the forest or something like that. They got, they got really close. And um, in terms of happy memories that, James, you've been part of, I have very happy memories of the Weehigh Oktoberfest uh, that you were a part of, uh, along with Derek Lacey and others who we're hoping to get onto the show again pretty soon. Um, that was a pretty special night, I thought, just for sort of out-of-the-norm cool room events. Yeah, it was a great elixir to lockdown, I think, David. And, uh, yeah, that was, it was a wonderful occasion. Well, a lot of time for the good people of Weehigh and um, you guys have stuck very fat with the podcast this year. We're hoping that you'll stick around next year and I'm going to handball over to Warren Wu for questions six and seven. Awesome. Uh, James, your... Jeez, <laughs> oh, how did I end up with these two questions? Uh, your favourite injury sustained as a result of the cool room? I think probably just neuronal, I think, Warren. <laughs> I, mean, I can't think of any physical injuries. Um, I'm sure um, people will have, but I suspect I suspected you would be the less likely one to end up with an injury. I'm the less likely to report the injury. <laughs> uh, and how about your cool room story? I think this All might right. have been added on, on my behalf. It um, was. Um, so I, I reported earlier that um, I used to work in Toronto at um, Sinai and they, before the labs were outfitted for our lab use, they used it to film this Dave Chappelle movie called Half-Baked where he broke into what was a weed manufacturing lab. And so our cool room where we performed our work, so our chromatographic experiments, they shout out to everyone in Toronto who is or was part of Frank's lab who were listening, um, we used to use that that room and it has, in the movie, it's got like these fake like foil bricks on it. Um, but uh, it, that was sort of repurposed to have chromatographic instruments on a bench, but it still looks exactly the same. So everyone in the lab owned this movie. It was sort of something that got passed down from generation to generation. Everyone had to go and buy the DVD from HMV. <laughs> a very that's a that's a fascinating angle for a cool room story. I love it. That's great. Thanks, Look, it's no It's no shark, Warren, but it's okay. No, no, it's okay. Like fake bricks of fake, fake forward bricks. And a big thank you there to Mystery Murphy, James Murphy from Weehigh, and all the Weehigh gang for a great 2021. We really appreciate your support, guys. Um... A little bit later on in the show, you will hear memories from both myself and Travis. Uh, Warren Wu didn't get the chance to record his memories, uh, his answer to the questions that we're asking everyone in this episode, but he did manage to leave us with this particularly disturbing little anecdote. No, don't record it. I don't, no one needs to... So we're sitting there smashing beers, and in, in Paris... They've got, as a matter of fact, in love large cities in Europe, they've got this thing where you stand, like guys can stand at a urinal, which is completely public. Like there's no thing. You just look at this, this kind of, this concave wall that you pee into and it goes into a reservoir in the back. There was so many people on this hot, balmy Paris night drinking beers by the canal. 
that the whole thing, and it would have, there would have been several thousands of litres. Like this thing looked like a massive tank, um, like rainwater tank, just flooding into the canal. Like there was just urine run, running across the path that, that this thing was sort of, and just straight into the canal. It was just the most gross thing. So, yeah. Um, and they've set up in London too, just these little, concave things with tanks at the back to stop men from actually peeing in, in laneways to use a proper facility. But yeah, you just stand there looking at, you know, it's like with your back trying to not look terrible. But since you're drinking beer next door canal, I don't think anyone care, cares that you're pissing in public. Um, so next up, we've got Shannon. So not only is Shannon a long-time supporter of The Cool Room, but also uh, one of our hospitality professional um, or, re- or beer retailing professionals and avid photographer and quite talented photographer. Um, Shannon, so first question, favourite Cool Room guest? My favourite cool room guest, probably a bit of a toss-up, I reckon, between um, Vault City and uh, uh, Mars Landing, I would reckon. Ooh, uh, our two, interna- two internationals. Mm. Um, and it was probably mainly because of the, the effort that they put in, like in terms of, you know, what time of the day it was and um, and although to probably throw some shade on some of that, there was another one that uh, I can't remember. It was it was recent. I think it was uh, might have been Deeds. Oh yeah, um, yeah. They hung around for ages. Oh yes, yeah. Continue yep. to chat and chat um, and answer any questions. So yeah, so it's really really hard to to pick an absolute clear winner there. Yep, that's a good call though. I like that. Yeah, and the, yeah, the international guests they do have to. Yeah, they really do have to commit. All right, how about the favourite beer? Your favourite cool room beer, so the favourite beer that that would go back to Vault City again. I think the um, uh, the raspberry was it raspberry skies. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, yeah. absolutely yeah. phenomenal beer. Yeah, um, and I I really enjoyed just all of their beers to be honest. Yeah, yeah, they were fascinating and kind of big, but still stuff like the big fruit flavours, but still still good stuff around them. Mm. All right, so and the third question I'm going to ask, and then I might throw it to David. Uh, your first, the first venue you went to post lockdown. So once lockdown finished, where was the first place you went for a beer? I would say that it was most likely Hopheads. Um, oh, yeah, nice Yarraville or um, Point Cook. Point Cook. Yeah. Uh, if it wasn't that, it was fixation in uh, over in Collingwood. So, yeah, yep. Um, Two awesome venues to to get back into drinking in public. Um, yeah, thanks for that. That was a good one. Can you remember what you drank at whichever one of those venues? Not. Oh, actually, I do remember at Hopheads. I had a a. Might have been a, a creek, a creek boon, perhaps. Yep. So, Ooh. very cool. Yes. Um. Oh yeah, David, you want to take the next the next couple of questions? Sure thing. I'll pick up that ball and run with it. And um, you know, you're a man who gets exposed to a wide, wide range of beers, so it doesn't need to be a cool room beer, but just 
your other favourite beer of the year, just from from your drinking through twenty twenty one? Well, this really challenges my memory because I struggle to remember last Wednesday. So <laughs> it's probably going to be something I've had in the last week or so. <laughs> yeah, I always feel it's a bit like, you know, voting for songs and movies and stuff like that, that we really should be conscientious and write down everything from January onwards on some big whiteboard somewhere. Well, you could probably keep untapped, I suppose, and follow it that way. But, I mean, I could always go and check that to see what I ranked the highest. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a bit of a reminder to everyone else in the room. That might not be a bad idea. I'm, I'm hopeless at untapped, but, you know. Um, I mean, just recently I had, as part of the My Beer Dealer 12 Imperial Stouts of Christmas, the uh, Brick Lane Imperial Stout that was in that was phenomenal. Um, but if I was going to pick a winner of one that I really do remember that stuck out during the year was Boat Rocker's Funky Monkey. Yeah, right. Um, and their harmonious funk was at that level as well. So um, they both came out at the same time, pretty much, um, and, and both outstanding sours. Well, that's a good little reminder to anyone who comes from Boat Rocker Land who might be listening to this episode. We've reached out to you guys a couple of times now. We're super keen to have you on the podcast. We respect your beers so much, and um, whatever we can do to get you on, We'll do. Um, we don't mind another drive out, you know, at <laughs> that part of the world. We'd love to go to Seaford-related suburbs, so we're happy to do that. Um, now, too, David, they would be my two highest-ranked beers on Untapped for the year as well. Yeah, I don't disagree. They make some magnificent beers. And um, a shout-out to our mate Damo, who's not on the uh, podcast tonight, but who, um, who hooked me up with a few things from the Ramjet pack uh, that were just magnificent. So I completely agree. They're, they're great beers. Now, Shannon, you should give your, uh, particularly your Instagram where you do your beer photos, a little plug because we're going to talk beer labels. But how do we find your Instagram for anyone who's looking for that? Uh, it's at beer underscore nerd underscore. So make sure you get the underscores right, I presume, in that. Otherwise, you'll end up following someone with no taste whatsoever, not Shannon. Yeah. I was too slow getting the name, obviously, so. <laughs> it really helps if your parents decide to name you something very strange in the mid-70s, I've got to say, but that's another matter. Well, I've done um, that to at least two of my children, so. <laughs> now, were there labels that stood out for you this year? Um, you know, you've taken some great photos. I really do suggest people go and check out that site, but ones that you remember or uh, ones that were difficult to photograph, I guess, is also a good question. Uh, there's a lot that have been difficult to photograph. Deeds, labels are, are extraordinarily difficult um, just because the amount of reflective surface they have in there, a lot of silver. Uh, hawkers as well, they throw off a lot of UV light, um, which doesn't really work well with, with lenses. Um, Can I, uh, this is me being naive and, and jutting, you know, jumping in, but given that I try very badly to take photographs of deer, explain the UV light thing because I've got no idea about that. It just, you get a lot of dark shadows and then bright spots all over the, the can. Um, uh, it's really hard to get consistent lighting um, because the UV just gets in the middle of the mix of it all and just disperses everything or, or it'll only allow you to really focus on a particular part of the can. Um, it, it is a bit difficult to explain. That, uh, who, was the, who made the hazy beers that were called hazy? Uh, they did a series of them. Um, a while ago. Well, they were ridiculously difficult, but that was probably a year before last, so or last year. Um, 
But the the one that probably stood out to me, I mean, Mars Landing Beards, their labels were great. They were I agree. Really yep. nice to photograph. Even that, um, the uh, was it the Banks one, um, uh, sitting here playing Nintendo, another really nice label, really simple, um, and turned out a lot better than I thought when I actually did capture that. Um, but the, the real standout was one that I would have had at the Cool Room podcast at uh, Hophead's Yarraville when it opened, um, and that was the uh, Droid Theory Eat the Rich. Yes. Fantastic <laughs> label. Um, that was late in the night, but I completely agree. That was a great label. I think you and I might have shared that one with a couple of other friends. But... Uh, yeah, that was really, really nice beer and yeah, just a great label, but all their labels are fantastic. Yeah, not just the labels, but the branding as well. Like I was literally thinking of myself the other day as I was flicking through a few sort of memories and images that, you know, if I was going to buy merch off anyone outside of Australia, their merch might be the one that I'd buy, like a T-shirt or a hoodie or something. It just looks fantastic. I mean, everything about the labels that they do are great. Like the, the blurb on the can, there's the music matching, food matching, cigar matching. Mm. Everything about it is just is brilliant. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, I think uh, every time I go to Hopheads in Yarraville now, it's, they're always the ones that stand out in the fridge, the Adroit Theory stuff. And they were awesome when we had them on as well, which for the life of me, I can't remember when it was, but I think it was prior to our 100th episode, David, maybe. That'd be like, about right. It was part of one of the Carwin packs. and um, Yes, yep. That was when they were up at five o'clock in the morning drinking one of the most intense beers. I think that beer's going to pop up a bit in people's memories of best beer of the year on our Facebook. That was certainly mentioned a lot. So, Shan, we've got two more questions, mate. You've got to get through on on your travel. It was Modus Operandi that did the hazy beers, I remember. Ah, yes. Ah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, I feel like favourite injury is the wrong word, but... um, so tell us, have you sustained a favourite injury as a result of the courtroom? <laughs> Not that I can really recall, to be honest. Um, I'm pretty careful these days. So. How, how was fronting up to work uh, on your busiest day of the year last year after sort of spending a bit of quality time around the courtroom and related places? You could call that an injury, I suppose, because I did punish uh, four well above 10% beers <laughs> that night and then having about four hours sleep. So, um, yeah, I woke up quite drunk and rocked up to work, still quite drunk, and it slowly dissipated during the day as I just got really, really busy. So, um, And it was very difficult to then drink another beer that night when I got home. But, you know, you've got to do what you've got to do. So. That's it. We've all been there. We've all been there. And finally, Shan, I know this was the question that uh, we were getting to before asking you the previous six. Give us your cool room story, mate. I've got two. The first one's really short one where I had a customer that was really annoying years ago, what used to come into my bottle shop. Um, he wandered off into the cool room one day and didn't come back out for about four minutes. And when he did come out, he was saturated all over his chest um, and I've served him and he says to me, oh, some, there's a couple of beers that have fallen down on the floor in, in the cool room, a couple of cans. And then he looks at me dead in the eye and he goes, it wasn't me. And <laughs> he 
see it, all this spray all over him still. Like, it wasn't just wet. You could see all the spot marks from where it had sprayed as a little pierce in the can had happened. And he was drenched. And he'd obviously tried to clean it up, and it just got worse and worse and worse. But, um, but yeah, now, the, the real story, is, it is a little bit morbid. Um, it was a guy I used to work with years ago, uh, and he was um, a pretty big bloke, um, around about 220 kilos. Um, that is big. He, this was before he worked with me, but he was working in a drive-through down in Melton, um, and went into the cool room there one night and had a heart attack. Um, oh. he wasn't found for two hours. Uh, it was a quiet night or something like that, you know, middle of the week. Um, a customer finally, you know, wandered into the cool room and found him lying there, um, and they managed to save him. Um, as it turned out, the only thing that probably kept him alive was how cold it was in the cool room at around about two degrees because it slowed his his heart rate and his requirement for oxygen right down. Um, but it, it was about two years before he, you know, sort of fully recovered and got back to work and everything like that. But when he came back to work, he was about 65 kilos. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he managed to lose all the weight and, and you know, really turned his life around and stuff like that too. So. Now, that is one of the more unique cool room stories. Yeah, I reckon that's... I think both of them, because, like, we don't often hear customers in cool room stories. That's correct. That I really... Yeah, that one was good. That one was good. Thank you. Well, next up in our reminiscences of 2021, we have Shana... And Michael, we're not calling him Muggs tonight. He looks so shocked that uh, (laughs) that he's he's whispering rude things under his voice at me. Um, Excellent to have you guys reminiscing because I reckon you've been pretty much in the rooms uh, all year with us. I have very many happy memories of dropping beers off uh, to you both, sending beers to you in the post and mugs, particularly with you, um, sharing many uh, happy memories of watching you wandering around through fields, seeing sheep at a time that we were all locked up in the city and couldn't go out and about and um, see the countryside for ourselves. Um, Shane, I'm going to go to you first. Favourite cool room guest of the year? Do you have a particular happy memory on that front? I've got a few, but they're a bit disappointing because they're not, the brewers specifically that we get on. So, I mean, my favourite episode, I think, was probably the home brewers session. I thought that was so interesting. Yeah, so, good call. I thought that was too. Yeah, really good flogs. call. <laughs> Bunch of flogs. <laughs> yeah. But then similarly, and I, I suppose I'd love to see a trend with this, was um, talking to Aaron at, at Hopheads, yeah. uh, for the Hopheads issue, Um I mean, obviously the Carwin, Ben Carwin, well, the Ben's uh, for the Mag 7 was really great. And then even just things like the guys at Hops Forward, when they had their little bit, they were just so much fun and a great laugh. So I loved hearing varied stories that were more beer adjacent rather than just always the brewers as well. That was yeah, good call. I've written, yeah, absolutely great call. And um, I'm happy to tell you that the guys from Ford Hops are going to be on in the not too far distant future. It might be February rather than January, but they they will be coming back. Don't worry about that. I'll get my shoe ready. <laughs> we'll get we'll get the bird sound dampener out. That's going to be the, <laughs> the next challenge for my editing. Um, Michael, how about you? Um, 
Well, that's a good question. Um, uh, obviously, sort of falling on the, uh, the the back of the hops forwards guys because they they imported they they were the reason this this beer well these guys exist here is um adroit theory. I just think Mark's commitment to actually being on on the um, actual podcast was remarkable and um, he was so open with his information and he's, he definitely, even though they're not that huge, he's just a rock star of a, of a, a brewer and a, a just brewery owner and like everything they do is just next level. Like they're, they're just, and, and the commitment of actually <laughs> cracking a 15% Stout at five o'clock in the morning. Absolutely right. That says a lot about somebody, and, and like, and he was cool about it. He wasn't. It, it didn't seem like too much for sure. Sure. I mean, we sort of had to wrap it up a bit early because his um wife and kids were waking up. But you know, I think apart from that, it was just yeah. It just yeah. Those guys are just doing such amazing things, and I, it's I think it's tremendous that we even get to speak to people like that. I agree, mate. Particularly, it was a real highlight of what I remember as being a really cold, miserable Melbourne, Australia night. Um, but it was just a, a beer that I think I'll remember till the day that I stopped remembering anything. Um, and just, just being, as you say, being able to speak to brewers like that, so far away, it's just magnificent. Um, does that mean that was your favourite beer, mate? Or did you have another um, standout beer? Yeah, we'll be close to it. Um, in fact, we did try it on Boxing Day. The the the, the, gin, the the gin, whatever it's called, um, that that would definitely be up there. I think, being the kind of person I am, the kind of beers that I drink, um, there'd be the only other sort of beers that'd be up there would be the uh, jumping the shark with um, Moon Dog. I mean, especially for an Australian beer, I think that was almost not, not so much comparable, but you know, pretty up there. Yes. Yes, James got the idea that the um, 2013 remake and some of the um, stuff by Vault City, that just absolutely... I had no expectations going into that, so some of those sours were just huge. <laughs> that that was that you know, just blows you away, I mean, especially when you go in no expectations and you don't know what you're going to expect. And I think like, like pretty much everyone else who was on this um, podcast, we were all just flabbergasted really yeah 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 absolutely china how about you oh my favorite beers were the blind tasting beers i guess without drinking them <laughs> do you remember what any of those were or just that there was a lot of them uh well definitely the chipotle panther uh little bang i remember that being one uh, but no, in in reality the, the lichtenheiner was definitely a standout just due to the the history and, and everything that went into it. And then the execution well, from what he explained it was supposed to be was absolutely perfect. And I just loved the flavor and would love to see more of that. Um, and then really simply, I loved the killer sprocket juniper beer. I thought yeah. that was a really, really good beer. Oh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Mm. It's okay. It's, just, it didn't, it doesn't, it's not my standout. What <laughs> the painted? It's a great call, and, um, you know, it's one of those things that I've been trying to figure out this week who my favourite brewers and beers have been, obviously, and, you know, you don't want to leave anyone out. It's a bit like a wedding speech where you want to list everyone, but mm-hmm. Killer Sprocket is one of those 
classic examples of just really changed my understanding of the brewery and their ethos, and I've got so much more respect for them. And if I walk in and see one of their beers in a bar now, you know, I'm going to walk up and say, that's the one I want to have first, mm. in a way that I would never have known about before. So big shout-out to those guys. Uh, and I guess, you know, for both of you, the last of the questions I'll be asking is, first venue that you went post-lockdown? It's sad. I think it's the same venue. It's not going to be as sad as my one when we get rid of that. Only it is. Oh, oh. Okay. Controversy well, Corner. I think mine was Great Ocean Road Brewhouse in Apollo Bay. Uh, but I, I don't want to count that. So when I was back in Melbourne, uh, Bar Joe's went out and, uh, and braved the crowds for pickle beer when they put it on tap. So. Great call. I was going to say, if I'm going to get very technical... It would be the commercial hotel in Yarra. Yeah, we'll give we'll give them a tag. We'll give them a tag in our thing. So yeah. Tag. Worthy of note if you're ever a part of the world, you know. And, and is there one that you'll sort of tell people and use to come when you're not saying the commercial hotel in Yarra? Um, well, it'd have to be the yeah, the, the Brewhouse. <laughs> well, I don't know if that counts either. I'm trying to think. Oh, your first Melbourne, your first real. Okay. That would have been Goodlands. That would be. Oh, yeah, probably would have been, yeah, would, probably would have been good land um, brewing in, in Traugan. Well, that's a great opportunity for me to say thank you to you for bringing me a few of their beers during the year when we were swapping beers around. And um, I particularly thought that the beer I had with, from them at the Catfish the other day, their watermelon uh, sour, just magnificent. It was the perfect day for it. It was my post COVID booster beer, and it was it just hit the spot beautifully. So uh, with that, I'm going to handball over to Warren Wu. Okay. Well, this one I'm actually fascinated to hear your answer for, but both of you, it's beer of the year. Quite simply, what's the beer? And it might be a cool room one, but otherwise, yeah, any beer that you drank that you thought this is the one. I don't think about this one. It's, yeah, it's not a cool room one. Uh, I think Adroit Theories, all I see is carrying, was just my number one beer of the year. Absolutely oh. loved it. There you go. Why, um, uh, hold on, Shana, why? What what made you love it? Oh, <laughs> the price point for what it was was pretty spectacular. Uh, well, it's just my kind of beer. It's a it's a it's a Belgian quad, and it was it was really yeah, like it, it came out at the same time as probably one that sits really close to it, which was the Hawker's barrel-aged barley wine. Mm. And and I suppose comparing them, it being an American imported beer versus a, a local one and the price point just made the, the adroit theory much more approachable. Mm. Yeah, uh, cool. But yeah, I was also very happy to see Deeds redo Conductor's Quarter. I was... Mm, quite cool. Yep. Mugs, how about you? Beer and um, beer. I'm going to have to divide this up into two sections. Um, <laughs> and each of those sections has how many brackets? Um, and they all have three sub-genres. No, uh, <laughs> no uh, so I think the Australian Beer of the Year for me, and there's quite a few contenders, obviously, some of the Hawkers stuff, but I really think Dees have just absolutely excelled this year. Mm. And to build a fire, I, I think that was just, it, it was up there. Oddly enough, I had that 
next to Jin um, on on Boxing Day, and I think it was probably a touch better even. And like I thought, the Jin could have been my my top beer of the year. And then not long after that, we had an Anchorage Endless Ending, which really that's hard to beat. Really, um, yeah. Like that's probably one of the most expensive beers I've ever bought in my entire life. But yeah, it was um, yeah very very well received. So you know, it's not an everyday yeah. beer; it's a once in every one year beer. So um, yeah, I, I, I can't really say much more than that. Awesome, terrific. Um, all right, and then off the back of that question, question label of the year. Let's start with mugs. Have you got a label that really spoke to you? That um, Once again, the, the, this is the year of adroit theory. For me, like some of those labels are just so far out. They're just mm. like all I see is carrying. Like I just remember seeing the label. You know, I remember buying it. It was in Yarragon Ale House in Yarragon in Gippsland. And the guy was, just, and it was like, you know, $20 for a can. But, and it was like, once again, it was one of my top beers of the year. Um, but it would look like a cannibal corpse album label. It was just, it was just nuts. I mean, apart, yeah. like, apart from that, like, you know, it might not appeal to thing. I mean, a lot of the other stuff I, I sort of really liked. Um, I, I really liked a lot of Cocon labels. Like, yeah. yep. you know, like, I think they've really made a really cool brand out of just having characters in the label. Yeah. No, that's that's really. I think it's just really cool branding. Like that's cool way of going about it, and like it's yeah. it's, it's instantly recognisable. Yeah, and and, and you, know, you kind of feel the personality of yeah, the beer before yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think they've captured that really well. Clint's Clint's done a good job with them yeah. in in making that happen. I think that's yeah. I think you're spot on. I think in, in the in, in a land of so many really cool labels, they stand out like. Yeah. I mean, is that Gambit? Yeah. Is Gambit? The, is it Gambit out of X Men though? It looks like Gambit out of X Men. Anyway. Does a bit. Anyway. Yeah. Right, sorry, up to over to you. Yeah, Shana, how about you? Oh, look, it's hard to go past some of the hype labels. I think Banks and um, and Range do amazing jobs. I love that pastel simplicity. Uh, Similarly, I suppose you say Moon Dog's magic eyes. Like, wow, what a really cool thing to have done. Yeah. Uh, but but the one that stood out for me was the the mask landings, the shake your bones, because it didn't follow the formula. It was really cool. It was a bit trippy, and yeah. I really loved that label. I thought that was great. Yeah. One one that you spoke about when we had them on the Beer Farm uh, Native Series label. I don't think anyone's kind of gone down that route yet. But yeah, it's. I remember um, during the podcast, Shane pointed out as that being one one of the labels that was up there too. Uh, and yeah, going back and thinking about that, that was yeah, that as a, as a difference, not for the art, but just for the effort and the feeling and the genuine kind of respect for that line of that range that they're doing. I think was yeah. was pretty fascinating. I mean, the art is also local yeah. Indigenous artists. They, mm. they go to yeah. so much effort because they are really trying to educate through that beer and yeah. they've got a lot of costs to do that, which is really impressive. I remember mm. talking about it. 
it was fantastic. Yeah, yeah, very cool. All right, handballing over to Trev uh, with our last couple of questions. Over to you, Thank Trav. you, Warren. Um, while we're talking about labels, good call, Shana. That was my favourite label of the year as well. But also some of that limited release stuff from uh, Golden Hills. Oh, yeah, the um, Imperial Stout. Yeah, yeah. Also yeah. local artists on them were really, really cool as well. Yeah. 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 The, yep. the one with the wolf. Yeah. 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 Yep. That, yeah. Yep. Sort of standouts. Um, last two questions for you guys. Uh, let's start with you, Shana. Favourite injury sustained as a result of the cool room? It's this year, though, isn't it? So it's just not having one. <laughs> <laughs> this fiscal year or this financial year? Oh, look. It's, it's almost New Year's Eve. We can tell some of the stories. Okay. I, it's, it's my own personal injury because I wouldn't want to embarrass anyone else with their own. <laughs> but definitely being rather intoxicated after a big session fairly on early on in my cool room days and going into the bathroom where someone had not cleaned up all the water after the shower, slipping once, being in a lot of pain, managing to get up only to slip again in the water and sprain the other ankle and, yeah, wake up with a, a <laughs> broken elbow and, and double sprained ankles and a lot of bruises all over my back. So... Uh, Shana, I think you and I may be the only two cool roomers that have broken bones as a result of the cool room. Yeah? <laughs> oh, I mean, like cool room podcasts. <laughs> I reckon you're right, Trev. I reckon you're right. <laughs> Having said that, I haven't fallen down any sets of steps this year, um, which, you know, touch wood, we've got one day left. There's still time. There's still yeah. time. Trev, um, you and I are on the improve. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Muggs? Um, I can't think of too many actual injuries. I mean, obviously, there's a few mental injuries where I've passed out of the camera maybe more than once. Uh, there's a lot of um, – I, I got a lot of messages that one particular night and woke up in my bed and I don't know how I got there because I fell asleep in the couch, obviously, according to um, a lot of uh, – Pictures I received the next morning, which is um, you know, good on paper, and I still have to go to work the next morning, mind you. So, um, is that kind of injury? I don't know. Not far off. It's an honourable mention. I broke a lot of glassware. I don't know if that counts as injury. <laughs> um, two, two different tekus and. Well, at least you didn't cut yourself on the broken glass. No, so. no. Well, that's the su- most surprising part of the ball. I, I don't know how how I managed to come up scot-free. Guys, uh, the last question for you both. Um, give us your cool room story. Let's start with you, Muggs. Like my own personal cool room story. Do you have one? Um, oh, going back a number of years, um, I used to run a bottle shop in Newcastle Um I remember we used to have this bloke who uh, used to basically come in and buy, well, usually a bottle of Johnny Walker Black a day sort of thing. Mm. Most days. A big spender. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, he was 
definitely, it didn't seem like it was that well. But one particular day, like, I was reasonably busy, and um, he came in and he got his bottle of Johnny and disappeared at the back, and I thought he was looking at wine or spirits or beer or something. And I, and I got busy for a while. And about half an hour later, I'm sort of like, he hasn't come back. And I'm like, and then like the, by that point, like the store had cleared out and I sort of was at the back sort of like restocking things. And I heard this like thud from the courtroom. And, and then I went in the courtroom and there was this bloke passed out drunk with a bottle of Johnny Walker Black in his hand <laughs> in the courtroom. And, uh, I sort of helped him up and, and um, yeah, had to scored him out and, and um, had to, but basically wrote that bottle of, off of um, Walker because he was not in some sort of state to um, pay for it. And, um, hey. You're a legend. <laughs> it, it was, it was broken. It got broke. It, 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 somebody, it comes mm. up that. And um, I had to sort of bail him up later on. But, yeah. And Shana, how about you? Well, firstly, like, if we're talking the cool room stories that get told, can they get asked earlier in the night? Because I forget so many of them. Uh, but ugh, it's always the shenanigans. It's always um, the fornication and the drug use that sort of gets done in, in kitchen breaks. But my favourite sort of story that I really remember that I enjoyed was listening to Bright Brewery talking about how the Protect Our Winters collaboration came about. Because Very it, cool. It was exactly how I wanted it to be. It wasn't in a boardroom. It wasn't an email. It was literally two guys sitting on a chairlift making a bit of a deal. And I, I just think that's cool. Yeah. Yes, good one. Thanks, guys. That's great answers. The tables will be turned. And now the interviewer becomes the interviewee. Travis Bristos, it is your turn. Let's go. Please tell me, what is your favourite cool room guest of this year? Uh, thank you, Jane. Um, that's a tough one, actually. It's There's already been a few mentioned tonight. White, White Bay Brewing is definitely up there. Um, as was Mars Landing. But I think one of the ones that was a big standout for me, partly because I'd never really drank a lot of their beers, was Westside Works. When we had those guys on, their beers were really good and I, I've worked around the corner from them since they opened and I'd never actually been there. Um, they were a big standout, I thought. Yeah. Okay. Very interesting. No one has said that before. All right, then. On the back of that, what was your favourite Cool Room beer? Oh, where to begin? <laughs> uh, uh, if I've got to pick just one, I would probably say, do I call it Mr. Banks or do I call it Banks? We've just had this discussion, but the Hanging Out Playing Nintendo, I think, was my favourite cool room beer of 2021. Yeah. Okay, yeah? cool. Very good. It's a good call. All so right. much so I went you... out and brought another two cans of it after we had them on the podcast. 
All right, then. Cast your mind back. Where was the first venue you went post the most recent lockdown? There's someone in the room that's jumping up and down because she thinks she knows the answer to this. But to be honest, I actually don't remember. Um, But I know that it wasn't Hopheads. (laughs) I think I'm almost certain it was the Maori Chief in South Melbourne. Whoa, controversial. Shana is shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, very shocked. (laughs) Um, Yeah, almost certain it was was the Mary Chief. All right, then. Cool room beers aside or not, what was your favourite beer of the year? Um, Probably still hanging out playing Nintendo. Um, That... It's probably the, the one that I remember most from throughout the year. So I think I've got to, like, tick that box and say that was my beer of the year. All right. Kudos to the cool room for bringing people their favourite beers. I know, right? Yeah. All right, then. What about your favourite label of the year? Uh, I mentioned some the labels from Golden Hills earlier tonight. Um, their limited edition stuff, the labels with the local artists and stuff were really cool. Um I feel like I've got to pick a a bonehead beer. Um, the I love it when a plan comes together label on their American Pale Ale is probably the best one they've done this year. Um, and that's partly because I'm a massive A-Team fan uh, and I don't really think Die Hard's a Christmas movie. <laughs> oh, you just had to get to come around to that, surely. <laughs> yeah, I just had to sneak that in. All right, but... Now, I believe you are one of two people who are actually admitting to this, but what is your favourite or possibly your personal injury sustained as the result of the cool room? Uh, Well, similar to Shana, the injury wasn't this year. It was last year. And it was the night that we had Blackmans on, um, the first time we had Blackmans on, and I fell down my stairs at home and cracked the rib. I also spilled my beer. Oh, mate. I know. It was it was a reg. It was in a glass. And I'm pretty sure Lauren was still cleaning it off the pylons on the staircase for months afterwards. Um, nasty. <laughs> All right. And the ultimate question... Please do tell, share with all your cool room story. Um, I, see, I can't remember my original cool room story um, when I was first on the podcast. That's a tough question for for someone that uh, hasn't worked in hospitality since they were a teenager. I feel like some um, of the ones back in the day might have been when you were at, um, at a cinema who may or may not have been named in previous episodes. Uh, yeah, there was definitely uh, the. Well, we already spoke about fornication, didn't we, David? In in cool rooms, there was definitely some of that that happened in the cinema. Uh, I was not involved in it, um, but uh, it was quite known uh, at the cinema that I worked at that um, the cool room area at the back of the kitchen was the place that you should go to if you wanted some privacy. And you're a staff member. Uh, we also once we also once had a customer that decided to do it as well. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, 
I feel like I can get myself in all sorts of trouble here. <laughs> yeah, let's just leave, just leave yeah. that one, I reckon. <laughs> we won't mention. I know David's sitting there tonight. He's writing down all the things that he needs to tag. Um, perhaps don't tag the cinema. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon I can do that or not do that. Fabulous. Thank you, Travis, for sharing your cool room recollections. Oh, that's okay. Thank you, Jane, for being the interviewer. It's my pleasure. We are still going with our questions on listeners. Uh, I just answered the questions thanks to Jane and her wonderful interview skills. Next up in the hot seat is David. And we're turning the tables again. Um, I'm not going to ask the questions. I'm going to throw to David's wife, Jen, who's going to ask her husband the seven questions we've been asking everyone tonight. Jen? Uh, I think, is this a first for you? It is a first. It is the very first time that I, my voice has been on the call room. So Are you nervous? You very nervous. Very. <laughs> well, in saying that, um, Jen, over to you. Thank you, Trev. Um, I think it might also be the first time I've interviewed David. So let's see how we go. This might oh, be... don't t- no, don't do that to me. This might be like asking you what your, who your favourite child is and maybe you're not allowed to have a favourite, but who was your favourite cool room guest for the past year? Well, you're a bit right. I said before it was a bit like doing a wedding speech in terms of you've got to thank everyone and you feel bad about leaving people out. But um, given the opportunity I have now to say thank you to you for being one of the delivery gnomes and driving all around Melbourne for the last two and a half years. Uh, you've done that far beyond what any wife signs up for when her husband says, let's buy a pub, <laughs> and then that turns into let's run a podcast and just deliver beer across Metro Melbourne in a pandemic. So use this opportunity to say, you know, a big, big thank you to you and Blakey, who obviously isn't in the room with us tonight while we uh, discuss these things. Um, favourite cool room guest? Uh, look, there are a lot of favourites for me. Uh, I'd absolutely list the Droit Theory, who we mentioned before, who got up at five o'clock in the morning US time to, to talk to us. Uh, Vine Stefan, Matthias, just being just an awesome uh, person to have on a podcast and just so giving of his time, again, on the other side of the world from where we are. Uh, for those of us that joined us for our special edition with Hawks Brewery, uh, it was obviously a bit of fun for me with my labour hat on to have elbow on. But I just really thought that the guys from the brewery just had an amazing story in terms of being in New York, deciding they were going to start a brewery, just the whole story about how they hooked up with Hawkey and, and their drinking stories with him, but also about keeping a real ethos about a brewery and a real sort of mission alongside brewing great beer. So I'd absolutely throw them in the mix. I actually thought their story was much more interesting. I, I being a Melbourne person, thought that it was all a bit of a gimmick, but it was actually a really interesting story and also had a really good beer. So that was interesting. Absolutely. Um, The guys from Bonehead who we got on at very short notice as Melbourne went back into lockdown, uh, who all dressed up for the occasion, I think there was nine of them on the podcast. Uh, We won't go into all the details, but those guys made a real effort at very short notice amongst a whole lot of personal issues 
to be on the podcast. So, you know, we just, I personally love them and what they do in and amongst their, their beers, but just, you know, their efforts and my links to them are great. And um, a real shout-out to co-conspirators as well, who it was pretty surprising. We took, I think, almost 99 episodes of the podcast to get them on and then they'd been on three or four times. And uh, I think one of the things that made the home brewing episode so great was that Tim from CoCon was on and helped in the judging and just elevated the conversation around some of those things. Okay, so moving on from your cool room guests, um, out of all the beers that have been through our shed and delivered out to people, what was your favourite cool room beer? Again, oodles, and again, people have nominated some totally just great beers. Uh, the Lichtenhainer from Burnley, the Adroit Theory, uh, and To Build a Fire from Deeds just absolutely stand out. Um, perhaps one that just sort of surprised me a bit and that I probably learnt more from uh, was when we had Gypsy Hill from London on, and they had the Sower, which was their sour beer. And the way they spoke about the brewing process and out of all, most of their beers were IPAs or hazies or double IPAs and things. So I guess I thought the sour was just sort of a bit of an intro. Uh, I thought that was a magnificent tasting beer and I probably learnt more about sours out of drinking that beer with those guys than I have out of almost anyone else that we've had on talking about sours. Now, I don't think I know the answer to this one. The first venue you went to post this lockdown? Well, the first venue I went to post lockdown was Beard Lux in Fed Square, but we couldn't get in. And mm-hmm. so I, uh, I was heading up towards the Lincoln in Carlton, which is the beer, you know, which is the place I'd like to say, you know, was the place that I went to for my first beer post lockdown. Uh, but as is often my want, uh, I stopped at the Exford along the way, and so there's no point in denying that the Exford was the place that I had my first beer, and it was a very much first beer experience. A shout-out to the team from the Exford who, uh, you know, always good value, but I remember walking in there at, you know, 1 o'clock. They'd been open for an hour, and they still didn't know where the straws were because no-one had to find the straws for, you know, three months, and they didn't know where the dish racks were, and I was just reminded so much of what it's like to run a pub and how normally everything's at hand until someone else has shut the place down for a while. So the Exford was where I genuinely had my first beer, but I had an awesome afternoon at the Lincoln uh, with Ian drinking all sorts of great beer and just great people just wandering in all afternoon. It was a really lovely sunny afternoon, actually. I remember that. Um, But the Exford, darling, um, it's the only pub that I've ever been asked to leave. <laughs> so I'm glad you're still going there and I'm glad they don't remember me talking over a comedian too much. But anyway, moving on. Um, what's your favourite beer of the year? Oh, look, I think it's probably the same rundown that we just went through. There's, there's not many beers that I sort of had outside of uh, the ones that we've discussed but, again, going over to Co-Conspirators the other night and having some of their beers on tap in their venue and just, you know, I know Trav and Warren feel the same way. We were, you know, it's pretty honoured and pretty special to sort of be asked as a podcast of people knocking around to be allowed to go out and, and visit a place like that and, you know, hang around with brewers and 
you know, inferior podcasters, Ian McNally, if you're listening. Yes. Um, but like we're almost professional, it's, it, that was very good fun. And we've seen many labels come through uh, uh, um, the cool room this year, colourful ones, black and white ones, 3D ones, glow-in-the-dark ones, um, traditional ones. What was your favourite? Uh, that's a pretty good rundown of some awesome ones, and I have genuinely so many happy memories. But to cut the chase, uh, I think the Tallboy and Moose Crazon, uh, which has sort of a yabby or, you know, crayfish chappy on the front. The colours are great. It just works as a, you know, you can tell it's Tallboy and Moose. Um, it's a great bit of design. And um, I have happy memories of that one because it was one of the ones that I think we had tucked away under foil for either a trivia quiz or I think it was a trivia quiz rather than a uh, anonymous Sunday afternoon uh, tasting session, but I have really happy memories in the courtroom of some of our best guests and best regulars sort of enjoying those nights. So for all those reasons, that's that's my favourite of the year. Now, I don't think there have been many physical injuries to you personally other than a few very bad headaches the next day, but unless I'm mistaken... Um, what's your favourite injury sustained as a result of the podcast? Everyone else's injuries. That's, <laughs> that's You're absolutely right. I don't think I've come to grief uh, too badly, nowhere near as badly through, you know, boring cool room explosion stories which have injured me and whatever else over the years. So, yeah, no, the stories of other people falling down the stairs, you, know, you and I, Jennifer, are reasonably responsible. We tend to, you know log off long before other people stay up into the late hours of the night. So, And we don't have stairs. Um, so what's your favourite cool room story? There's a few cool rooms that you've been a part of. Do you have a favourite one? I, I think that's sort of one of those ones. It's, it's been interesting for me to hear everyone else's cool room stories and so forth. Um, I, I've probably told most of mine in the past, I love hearing other people's courtroom stories. And for anyone who hasn't listened to the Casanova Valentine episode, uh, who is an American deathmatch wrestler, he has the sweetest courtroom story of all of the episodes we have out there. I think it's the least listened to episode that we've ever done, probably for understandable reasons that people see, you know, deathmatch wrestler, why would I listen? Have a listen to his little stories about what happened to him in the cool room. Uh, but for me, the, the highs and the lows of the cool room, uh, Jen, when you and I were out at the bowls club trying to make that work, but that was a, a Flimken bowls club full of, full of oldies and on a hot day, uh, when it got too much for them, we would have to just put chairs from the hall inside one of the walk-in cool rooms and just leave the old guys like Tommy and Joey there to cool, <laughs> cool down for an hour or so. And they would use that as an opportunity to open a, you know, a box of VB and, you know, dehydrate themselves further. But that's probably the first time I'd ever really worked inside a cool room. So that was the, those are the happy memories. And, uh, and, again, revisit the archives for the uh, episode called, you know, What's That Doing Over There or something like that, which was where the flywheel that drove the, uh, the Royal Mail in Spencer Street's cool room, uh, that, that compressor down there, where that sheared off and flew into a wall. Uh, it's probably a 20-kilogram flywheel. 
and that was just one of the worst moments. I think that was after lockdown two or three where the system hadn't been operated for a while. We turned it on and left it on overnight and it just, the machine just capped itself. I remember that. Um, well, thank you, David, for sharing your moments of the year and thank you for your work on the call room and um, for all the episodes. It's been a long and you know, interesting year. Thank you, my love. How good is it to be able to talk to your wife about beer? Okay, next up, Shannon returns to the microphone to interview Jane about her favourite memories of 2021 in the call room. I mean, a completely random order. Ooh, okay, that's that's exciting. Um, what was your favourite label of the year? Ooh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm... I, because I don't remember a lot of them, but I do remember staring for a long time at those magic eye ones, just thinking, no, this is rubbish, it doesn't work. And then suddenly, I don't know whether I'd had enough to drink or whether I just went like a little bit cross-eyed and suddenly I could see it and I just went, yeah, all right, I'm here. I was, I refused to put that freaking can in the bin until I'd seen the magic eye and that was a moon dog beer. So I'd, I'd say just for the sheer amount of time I stared at a beer label, it would have to be the moon dog beers. That's really interesting because I, I, that was one can I actually didn't actually stare at. I knew that was probably one there and for some reason it didn't capture me. Um, whereas I used to sit in fish and chip shops all around the country with their magic eye posters <laughs> on the wall and stare at them for hours and hours until one of them would jump out. Oh, it's a giraffe or a camel or... <laughs> so what was on the can? Oh, one of them was like something with it. I remember um, it was a sun, I think, with its fingers up and it was another one. I can't remember what it was, but I eventually saw them both. But it was it was okay because if you couldn't see, you could cheat and, and peer behind the label. Well, I didn't know that either. Oh, come on, Shannon. <laughs> um, what was the first venue you went to after lockdown? Am I getting all of these all at once? I oh. can't remember because I was going to go and check my calendar because I didn't remember when lockdown was. Apparently it finished on October the 22nd, 2021. But I didn't go out for a little while. But I remember one of the, my very first one was a venue that I I, I hated. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Oh, scrap that. It was a venue that I rarely frequent except that it's near to some friends of mine and it was where I sprained my ankle which wasn't a cool room injury story but I did yeah severely sprain my ankle um but I went there and they only have things like count and draft and I think the best thing I had on tap that night was possibly a little creature's pale ale so I didn't go somewhere very stellar you maybe could have boilermakered that with the Carlton draft. <laughs> <laughs> Who no. knows how that would turn out. Yeah. Um, you almost segued to it. So what was your uh, favourite injury? Not just any injury, but your favourite injury sustained as a result of the call room. Who came oh, up with that question? Why is it a favourite injury? It's, yeah. Like, it's not. And, like, I don't have a favourite injury. I didn't even have an actual physical injury, unlike some people, 
But yeah, mine is more of a, um, it's a spiritual injury. It's my sensibilities that have been injured by people's constant references to my lady cave. And I don't know why it causes such humour because men have a man cave, I have my lady cave, and I don't know why, particularly Naomi, who is laughing right now, I don't know why it's so amusing. Naomi's not just laughing, actually. (laughs) Can can you describe the lady cave just for listeners at home who don't get the benefit of, you know, having seen the lady cave each week on the the podcast? Who gets to see the lady cave every week? It's like occasionally the lady cave comes out, but it's my garage is divided into where there's storage and where there's my lady cave and it's got like it's got a bar it's got a disco ball it's got a barbecue it's got lounge chairs it's fabulous like it's got little butterflies on the wall doesn't it it's no no actually no and the dragonflies no that's my kitchen (laughs) so what was your favorite beer of the year jane (laughs) thank you shannon okay thank yes thank you shannon surprisingly like I'm just saying this one because this one surprised me the most because I have got so many dark beers in my fridge and I keep thinking winter is when I'll drink them and then winter comes and I still drink something else but I had a sludge beast is that little thing yes yes absolutely oh phew thank goodness I've said the right brewery because when I drank that beer, I just went, oh, my God, this is magnificent. And I even bought another one when it was coming into summer. So I just said, yeah, fabulous. That, that, is, that is my beer, the surprising beer, because I didn't expect to like it. I didn't expect to like a dark beer, especially when it was coming into the warmer weather, and that was magnificent. So who was your favourite call room guest? I really loved the White Bay people, uh, but uh, who else apart from the White Bay people? Like I did, I enjoyed the um, the overseas people who did crack the beers. Like was was it the was it a woman from Vault City who then had to go to work after drinking all of those beers? Extraordinary. Yeah, I yeah take my hat off to those people. I loved it. Um, so I'll come back now to, because we were talking about your favourite beer of the year and you, you alluded to a cool room beer, but what was your favourite cool room beer if we're going to try and stray away from something else that you mentioned already? Oh, right, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, that was probably my favourite cool room beer, but my favourite beer of the year. Actually, can I, like, swap those answers? Because my favourite cool I just room beer. Question, so please swap the answers. <laughs> okay, so my favourite cool room beer was the Sludge Beast. But my favourite beer of the year would have to be one recently I had on tap, which so the Cooker's um, beer from Co-Conspirators, which I had on, in a can during the year, which I thought was magnificent, especially when Leanne from Pinoak Beer and Wine actually served it with a cookie that her mum had baked from where she is. And so it was all the whole package. And then I went to the Co-Conspirators brew pub and had that beer on tap, and it unbelievably is even better on tap. It was magnificent. So I would say that currently is my favourite beer of the year. So waiting for Clint on tap. Clint on tap will be the best ever. Um, it comes to that last question. 
And now we're back in order again at number seven. Please, can you tell us your cool room story? Uh, I, I don't actually have a cool room story. Like I've, I was, I'm on the beer committee at the bowls club, Flim Clem Bowls Club, and I have been into the beer, into the cold room. I have twiddle dials in it and things haven't worked and I don't know, like it's yeah, it's, well, it's not it's not a place for me, the cold room. I'm I'm am not a cold person. I don't like being in cold. Um so pop me in a warm room, I'd be much happier. Except that the cold room is cool room is where I yeah keep all the beers and that makes me very happy. I'm, so I'm actually I, in complete agreement with you that I fucking hate cool rooms. Do you? With a passion. My work is already way too cold. I'm usually wearing jumpers every single day. People come in, it's like 40 degrees outside. We're in jumper. It's just like 20 in here with the aircon, and I've got to walk in that place every now and then. So, yes. Come on. Thank you. I'm so with you, Shannon. Mm. Yeah. Well, Jane can, Jane, can you perhaps give the listeners a bit of an idea uh, the glorious people in the city of Melbourne have been helping to renovate the bar at the Flemington Kensington Bowls Club. What beers are going to be on tap there? Do you have an insight into that? I have a wee insight, and it's possibly because I'm oh, a little wee. biased. Oh, sorry. No, 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 my wee isn't going to be on tap, although I'm sure that would sell very well. But the co-conspirators is go- are going to have a dedicated tap at the um, the bowls club. So anyone who is a fan of Cocon, as I am, you will find co-conspirators there year round. Come one, come all. Well, thank you, Jane, and thank you, Shannon, for uh, returning to the microphone there, mate. Uh, hopefully, we're going to be able to have an event for the cool room down at the Flemken Bowls Club in the not too far distant future. So keep your eye on our social media on our Facebook and on our Instagram for more information about that. We're heading towards wrapping things up, but before we do that, we really need to have a yarn with our good mate Mark from Seaford, and uh, Michael Muggs Morgan is going to be taking the driving seat for that one. Oh, that's a good Very good clap. Mark! Yes, Hello, mate. Yes, Muggsy. You're going well? Going well, mate. I'm going to ask you a few questions. Fire away, buddy. Maybe too painful. You sound like you've just pulled him over on the southeastern or something like that. You get your license there? Um, <laughs> I hope I was like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to pass my um, brother's license off to me. Does it work? I think so. <laughs> Assuming, you, depending on how old your brother is. Um, <laughs> look, 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 we're going to. <laughs> Far away. <laughs> it's easy to steer the ship. Off you go. Simple question: Who was your favourite cool room guest this year? Cool room guest. Okay, now I need you guys to help me out here. It was um, Jesus from um, Mr. Banks. What was the brewer's name? Jesus. The big long hair, big beard. He was one of the head brewers. I, I, I bloody, I'm stuck now. Well, my son what did you think name. about his name, Mark? What did you like about him? What made him your favourite guest? He, he um, um, I think David Travis and I had to actually um, stick him with a hard needle to get something out of him. He was so laid back, it was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> he's known your way, isn't he? Like, Mr Banks is not far from where you are. Yeah, it's, um, 
Yeah, at what is it? A uh, ten-minute walk. Ten-minute walk. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> rub it in, rub it in, my yeah. It's a ten-minute walk at there, there, but about twenty-five-minute walk back. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you get a traveller mark on your way back? Oh, normally I'm kicked out before I'm allowed to buy a traveller. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's perfect. So you're, you're all over those guys anyway. Uh, yeah. Mr. Banks is excellent, and and nothing against um what I'm talking about with the head brewer. Well, we've had him on a couple of times, and they were fantastic. But um, when he um, what was his name? It was it, it's really pissing me off that I can't remember his name. He was so laid back. Yeah, but anyway, but that's that's um Mr. Banks Brewery. That's what you get from them. They are laid back and pretty cool. So yeah. just like you, like that that neck of the woods, that part of the um the world basically on that on that bombshell like what was your favorite beer amongst all the cool room beers this year the cool room beers okay um all all the show us your your shalankas um and (laughs) and and i really love that no actually a a prop a real cool room interview it was um mr datsun was on wasn't he yeah yeah Yeah. Oh, Steve, I love John, it. What was his name? What was that? Mike. That was Mike, Mike from Mike. Things. Beers and absolutely. That was a great afternoon. I love that. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. So yeah, look, I'm I'm falling in love with um beers on the smoke side of it, which before cool room, I hated. So um yeah, um, two oh, years of the cool rooms actually really helped my palate expand big time. Yeah. Well, no, it's hard to get exposure to that stuff to begin with because nobody wants to brew that sort of stuff because they think stuff that. Yeah, it was a few years ago at Gab's. Um, I think everyone tried to do smoked bacon and all this sort of stuff and stupid me, um, I dived into that early and wrecked my palate and I had all these beers for an after party and I just laid on the, the bed feeling crook. <laughs> I, just, I, did not, I did not like um, smoked beers, but, yeah, um, now... The only problem is the cool room stuffed me up because now I need a um a really good like Scottish Irish whiskey to go with the um the, the smoked beers. So thanks. Have you got a, have you got a favourite? Have you got a favourite boilermaker, Mark? Oh mate, I, I this this is a journey, and that's a bit like when I'm coaching young lads to to adults. We're all on a journey, and Jesus, you know, as um James said earlier, you know, like he, he's into sours now. Like I didn't really know sours. I, I hated smoky beers. So I'm going to give you a politician's answer here, and um, I don't have a favourite. I'm still trying to find my favourite, but everything in between is fantastic. Oh, well, I'm going to get you to write me some speeches, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to change this this third question because, you know, a lot of people said, like, where's the first place you get, went to? But I think not even the first place, but also what's your favourite spot down where you are apart from? Mr. Banks. Obviously. That means every question is a favourite question. This was the one question that wouldn't have been my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> first, but also favourite. Okay. My, my first place was, um, I've got a mate who um, owns uh, Beersel Brewery, just started up. They uh, finally got their um, show up and going after about two years of permits and, and all that sort of BS, um, six months before the lockdown, and um, which is great timing. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that, that was the first place I went to for my beers and um, helped them out, which was fantastic. Where, where were they, Mark? What, Sorry? Where, like, give them a good plug. 
um, oh yeah, they're in Hartnett, just walking distance from Mr. Banks. So I'm I'm, I'm stuffed. <laughs> can, can you give them the? You know their socials off the top of your head? Um, yeah, no, bsl.com. I, I can send them through. <laughs> but their um, their, their niche is actually European style beers. Um, ben, the brewery uh, brewer there, um, actually worked at Boat Rocker, and then um. He um he's gone down to Beersel and and the old man's um front of house. He's he's um financed the whole organisation and that's the only thing that got him through the COVID because um they actually bought everything. Nothing was on higher purchase or anything like that. So that saved their bacon big time. But um, you don't reckon we should have them on the show? Yeah, yeah. Good. This is a scoop. Yeah, scoop. <laughs> We've got scoops. Yeah, that they. they the only thing is they only um, just do growlers at the moment. So, um, yeah, they briefly got into Kenny right at the start, and that was a bit of a failure, and um, they got shy in that. But the growlers and, yeah. But anyway, yeah, we could do a, uh, a cool room down there. <laughs> I feel like we all need to come down, like, to the southeast and just – because I've been meaning to go down there for ages, and it's like it, the, the number of breweries has just exploded even in the last couple of years. It's been nuts. Uh, exactly right. A, a few years ago, I used to be proud of myself saying, oh, I've nearly drunk in everyone. There might be one or two. And then a couple of months later, I just gave it up and said, my God, this is crazy. You know, like, but, um, but yeah, down here, we, 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 Uber drive to Dayton, dropped off at Beersel, walked his walking distance to Banks, then um, there's a new one opened up in Frankston. Um, actually, I haven't been there. Um, yeah, Mr. COVID's sort of stuffed that up. But, yeah, there's they shitload around here, let alone going to Moorabbin or, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I've done, like, Mornington and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's, there's Jesus, it, go, it just goes on and on. Exactly. And um, one of the originals of my favourite brewery, which might answer your other one, um, is Red Hill Brewery. Um, yes. I was supposed to go down there tomorrow to see what they got on the hand pump and hoping for their Christmas ale because I love their Christmas ale. But it's going to be like 49 degrees or something mm-hmm. in the shade tomorrow, so I might I might stay away. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know about hand pulls when it's 49 degrees. Well, anything above 30 degrees. I just, I just remember we were down there for my, my dad's 60th and um, he was stoked because they had the Imperial Stout on the hand pull. And we got a, a pint of that for him, and he was as happy as Larry. And he doesn't oh, remember much off that. Their imperial stout, oh, six years ago, seven years ago, it was fantastic. No barrel aging. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was a bad. So, Mark, is that is that you saying that the Christmas ale, particularly on handful, is your beer of the year from my beer for Christmas? Your beer for Christmas. <laughs> So we need to break it down over 12 months. Is that- <laughs> year of the year, okay. I suppose a quick one um, was, um, yeah, what was it? The Neon from Mars Landing. Um, we, had a, we had a couple of months ago. And that was because I, I went through the haze craze and all that, and it was just fantastic. They were really good, real good, just an IPA, you know. like, And, and then um, favourite brewer, Another one, and no one's mentioned it, is the Wine and Stefan. How sensational were those two? Um, all the way from Germany. And I, and I thought the first one was fantastic. Um, what was his name? The, the late, I can't pronounce it. Matthias. Matthias. Easy for you to say. Anyway, 
he was sensational the first time because he didn't have his boss breathing over his neck. So it was fantastic. So, yeah, that was first lockdown, second lockdown out of the 10, 10 or 12 we've had. I don't know. But anyway. and, and a shout-out to the VP, I think it was Marcus, the VP of Bone Stefan Global Operations, and to the Lord Mayor of Melbourne, Sally Cap, uh, for joining in on that one. Go back and check the archives if you'd like to hear more of what Sally said that night. That was a big night. That was definitely a lot of most valuable players going on that night. So uh, we, we talked about beers a bit, Mark. Is there a label that really took your fancy this year? Uh, what was it? And you might have touched on it, Shane. It sort of stole um, some beer garden. You stole my thunder there. Um, that that pull out label um, with, with all the, um, the the bush fruits that they used to brew up and so forth. I thought that was sensation, and yeah. it was different. Uh, yeah, the Beer Farm Native series. I'm such a fan of how much effort they've gone through there. Yeah, exactly. But um, like the the co-conspirators, their theme, I love it too. Yeah. Um, just with all their different characters. Who actually brewed the one with the naked conspirator? That was a funny story. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Naked objector. Naked objector. Yeah, yeah. Like a little, little back. Actually, actually, one of my favourite labels, and it's not specifically this year, but ever, is Sludge Beast. I just think that's such a cool label. <laughs> it, it basically epitomises everything that beer should be. You look at the label, you think of the beer, and you're like, this beer is going to be thick as... Yeah, look, I love all the Celtic stuff and all the bizarre stuff and all that, but, yeah, just a little bit out of the box with some, you know, the pull-out labels and, and so forth. Anyway, yeah, I'll shut up. No, no, that's like... But that's innovation and that's not just graphic design. That's going into so much more effort and really thinking outside the box of what you want to do with that beer, I think. I, I'm right on board. Marketing. It was good. <laughs> I thought that was more than just marketing, but, but yes, I suppose everything is. Well, the, the, other, the other serious question is, have you actually sustained an injury during this particular period? Because the OHS committee really knows. No, no, no. no, 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 no. Um, off the books. It's off the books. We're not going to – we're not going to – no, we're not going to – I'm spilling. Like I signed the claimer when Dave first dropped off beer that I couldn't sue. Um, <laughs> there, there, there's been, there's been obviously the lost days work um, because of my migraines, um, and, and maybe Shana and Mugs might have been keeping me up all night. It's their fault. But there was, um, yeah, with, with, with the Vault Brewery um, from Scotland, I, I, I found out. Um, that my Barrett's esophagus from being too much of a rat bag when I was young um, doesn't work with sours. And, and when you when you slug down these four sours that were sensational, um, I was up all night with a bleeding ulcer. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. But anyway, oh. I can't sue the, the cool room. <laughs> oh, Shana, I think Mark just beat us. <laughs> mm. Internal bleeding, I think that, that takes the, the prize, yeah? Oh, that's nasty. Well, I mean, it, my bruises were internal bleeding. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't burn a hole in my stomach. So what's the last one, the cool room, is it, or am I out of here? Or? 
But do do you have a cool origin story? <laughs> I mean, not everyone does. Yeah, yeah. Well, I do. Yeah, I've, I've worked in the industry a little bit here and there. Um, but this one's from three lifetimes ago when I was about nineteen. They were always the best ones. And nineteen twenty, whatever it was, and that was um summer. Um, I had to work Sunday morning. Um, I was working at the Village Green, but I, I was working the, the um, drive-through at the time, and it was like nine o'clock front up, blah blah blah, open up now. And I'd only had like two hours sleep from a big night, seen a band the night before, so I was really crooked. And it's the first time I ever went on strike. So, comrades, <laughs> this is a story where it all started. <laughs> um, I, I was leaning against a counter, looking at the till, going, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's coming in. That's fantastic. And then this biker walked, walked around the corner. And I said, g'day, chap, how you going? And he goes, yeah, mate, there you go. And, and just then... It was a power of vomit all over the counter. And um, I'm going, I don't need this. And I turned around to be boss and I said, I'm going to be in the cool room for two hours and lay down and you cannot get me out, otherwise I'll quit. So I actually went into the cool room and stayed in there and did, did a few little things but basically laid on the, the um, I think they were terrible, like Carlton Draft or Carlton Draft or Carlton Light Cans, I think they were at the time, late, late on them for two hours and went on strike because there was no way known I was going to go out there and clean up all that stuff. And, but anyway, that's <laughs> ordinary cool room. But anyway, I had a no, bit of... I think that's almost the archetypal cool room story. Yeah. It's just like what the cool room is meant for. It's like you don't... Everyone who's at the front goes, oh, gee, everything's running nicely. And there's just one book who goes... Sod this, I'm just going out and lying down in the courtroom. Yeah. He also kept it vague, David. He said he did a few little things, but he didn't elaborate on what they were. <laughs> that's for another episode, Jane. <laughs> that's, that's, that's an extended episode. And that's where we're going to leave our memories of 2021. We've had some very good times together, but I'm sure, like most people, we're looking forward to the end of 2021 and all of the exciting stuff that 2021. 22 will bring. We hope you have a really good year coming up. We hope that you're going to be able to join us. Uh, we haven't said for a while. If you uh, like our podcasts, please rate and review them on whatever podcast app you like to listen to. And um, make sure that you add us on Instagram, add us on uh, our Facebook, and of course you can add us uh, on Gmail as well so that we can send you our little updates. That way you get first option on the beers uh, when we're getting ready to sell those uh, for forthcoming episodes. Have an excellent time, my friends, and we'll look forward to seeing you back in the cool room again very soon.